Chaosate? Is that how we pronounce it? Glad you could make it. Gert, Chaos, welcome as always. Chaosate, my taco salad. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach and the host joining me this evening are the Dwarven DM, John Christian. Hello everyone. And the Dapper DM, Troy Sandler. Hello. You've got to make there it awkward. Clean. <laughs> On brand. Well done. All right. Uh, so we are doing... Still better than Molly Hill. Troy has oh, told man, us that this nice. is number nine Kickstarter corner crowdfunding corner whatever it is uh number nine um i this is good this means we've done a solid 18 weeks plus if you count the ones before we we split yeah. off but 18 oh, weeks yeah. of costing you and us money mm-hmm. um and we're damn glad to do it that's right yeah uh we've even got i've got tonight we've got a good spread tonight um and we've even got non-Kickstarter things, uh, thanks to some people uh, in our Discord server. Um, So, I'm pretty proud of our list, actually, today. Um, Not that I'm not ever... Not that I'm ever not proud, but uh, we've got a really good variety tonight. Um, We're going to keep going with Troy's uh, rapid-fire honorable mentions. Um as a as a segment and um, i think we should brand it troy's rapid fire honorable Ooh. mentions as a segment <laughs> you get your own um, segment sh- sh- abb um there we go fix it um so we're gonna do that first just like last time because why not we do our dessert in the original way that we did the podcast yeah. uh we always did our dessert first so we're gonna do our rapid fire honorable mentions first uh we like to be different like that uh so let's see Oh boy! Um, who's going to be sharing links with the chat tonight? Is that I'll John? Yeah. Okay. I got cool. It. Uh, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, six honorable mentions. Here we go. I'll start off. Um, I'm going to talk to you about heterodoxy. Is that how? I think that's how you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Heterodoxy. So. Uh, this is for side quest, which is not quite zine quest, but it's kind of zine quest for the fall. Um, it is a GMless system with, they say distributed, I think what they really mean is pre-generated characters. Um, it is a little zine, a game of witches raised by a heretic saving a forest from an empire. Um, it is a very small project, but you can pick up the printed zine and the digital PDF for $10. Oh, wow. Um, Here's what I so I'm I'm backing this one. Um, I didn't even get through half of the text that they present because I think they sold me on enough to, for me to want to check it out. First off, it's got some really funky, cool, like grayscale art um, I it, that yeah. I really mm-hmm. like. Um, they you play as witches, but witches can mean different things. You get a like a weird companion, like one looks like a baby tiger, one looks like a dude, like a woodsman with an axe, and one is what I'm guessing an imp. Um, uh, but you all play as a witch, and you're just kind of dealing with um, this war against the um, the empire and its agents. There's chimeras, which are also kind of funky. Like, they've got all sorts of ideas about what a chimera will look like. Like, one is this weird griffin-looking thing, but instead of wings, it has these two, like, like, hands. Yeah, they're hands. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, bizarre, bizarre thing. There's this thing that has, like, uh, six, like, a body of a tiger, but with, like, six arms. It's got, like, a three, three snaked tail, ram's horns, and then, like, a the face of like a porcelain doll like it's just a weird conglomerate um i think the art is what sold me i'm also very curious at the moment about gmless games so i'm check i wanted mm-hmm. to check that out um it also is selling itself as a built for like short campaigns 
not like super long play and not one-offs, but just that like handful of sessions sort of a thing. And then you play it with a deck of playing cards and some D6s. Um, and uh, there's prompts, right? Like, so you respond to prompts and roll dice and, and, and draw cards. Um, I think I'm down just because it feels different. Um, and I'm, I'm always down for a zine that's trying to do something different. So that's my that's rapid fire number one uh, heterodoxy right now. Like I said, you could pick it up for ten dollars for the uh, printed zine, uh, seven dollars for the digital. Um, it wanted nine hundred thirty dollars, and right now it's sitting at nine hundred fifty nine with eight days left to go. Right on. All right, one down. One down. Uh, I guess I will go next. Um, and I've talked about this creator before. Um, this is Guillermo. Uh, I'm going to butcher this last name. Gosh dang it. Buen, Buenfil? Uh, uh, from uh, Micro Dungeons. I've talked about Micro Dungeons before. This is the this is yep. the one that, uh, you know, it's the one sheet. It's got the dungeon laid out. It's got all the different rooms all kind of statted out for you. This one's got some new monsters and some items and things like that. And it's the winter edition. And it's one dollar. I mean, what what else do I need to tell you? It, I think there's like four, four or five mm-hmm. uh, maps in here, different little dungeons. Y- mm-hmm. You need uh, you need a quick winter themed, snow themed uh, dungeon for an evening. Bang! There you go. It's a dollar. They, they got like snow trolls and and I mean, just buy it. Yeah, yeah. Just back. It's it. Also, creators out of Mexico, and we like. Uh, supporting creators that are um, from some of the uh, whether or not they are the creator themselves is you know um, anything other than well off Uh, we like to support countries that typically don't have a ton of access to a ton of RPG stuff so uh, definitely back uh, show them some love yep yep a buck three bucks if you want to catch up and and do uh, all three of their micro dungeons they've done so far yeah, I've I've got all the past ones already, um, but you know I might just do three bucks anyway. Why not? There you go. Why not? Cool. What else you got, Troy? What else I got? I also got. Oh, there's like what eight days left in that as well. Eight or nine days as of this recording. So jump mm-hmm. on it. Uh, you know we like to talk about we like to spread the love and not just talk about D and D stuff. So I want I want to direct your attention to the cleaning of Prison Station Echo. Mm-hmm. A, a cool little adventure for Mothership. Mm-hmm. And it's very much in line with the uh, the Mothership uh, artistic mm-hmm. kind of theme mm-hmm. with the with the black pages, with the white white writing, which can sometimes be a little difficult for me to read with you know in my advanced age. <laughs> but this is kind of like to me, just to give you kind of an idea, um, if you if anybody's seen the original Resident Evil movie, I believe that's the one where mm-hmm. uh, Alice wakes up and doesn't know what the heck's going on, and they have to go down in the thing. Hmm. Take that kind of a setting, put it on a on a prison moon, and you're one of the janitors. Hmm. And whatever they were experimenting on down in the basement got loose, and they're coming up, and the mm-hmm. whole place is locked down, and you're stuck. So, hmm. you know, you're gonna have to rely on all your janitorial skills to survive uh, the insane uh, things that are coming up from the bottom. So yeah. very much in line with Mothership. And this comes from the, the people that did Dying Hard on Hard Light Station and Planetary Diversity. So, mm-hmm. I mean, again, it's Mothership. We love Mothership. Love all stuff Mothership. So check this yeah. thing out. Uh, it's got a unique art style, I would it note. Does. It's more cartoony. It's more. It's, um, it's more. It's more. Uh, I'm. A, I'm. A, I've been in school and I'm doodling on my notebook pages. Pages. Mm-hmm. But it's it's cool. Yeah. It, it kind of gives you a, a, a fun little thing. You know, an eight bucks for the PDF copy, all stretch goals. Uh, Fifteen bucks for a physical copy, and the PDF copy and all the stretch goals. Mm-hmm. So, awesome, awesome. Love it. All right, John. Yeah, so for mine, I got slightly tricked by 
uh, a non-Kickstarter crowdfunding uh, website. I love, uh, I've really loved GameFound. One of the things that has been a minor irritation of mine, though, is I go out there and I look to see what they've got currently that's live, and there's really not a lot of distinction between what's live and what isn't. So I'm going to mention this one as I've got another one that's going to be non-live. It's going to be a post-crowdfunding, successful crowdfunding, that's the, where you can do a mm-hmm. late pledge. But uh, this is Darkest Dungeon, the board game, which I've played quite a bit of, like not a ton, but I've played a bit of it on the PC through Steam. Through mm-hmm. Steam. Uh, and so it's interesting to me to see that leap from, from PC to board game or some other kind of like uh, physical media uh, for, mm-hmm. for gaming. Uh, the basic premise is, is really simple. Uh, your heroes, you go into a dungeon, it's dark, it's grim. Um, it's one to four players, but it's a roguelike dungeon crawler, right? Uh, you play as heroes recruited for a campaign consist- consisting of a series of quests in increasingly dangerous dungeons until you enter the darkest dungeon where the boss is going to end up being. Um, there are 11 missions, missions that you can play, and it has this modular uh, uh, play mat, or not play mat, but uh, modular uh, cards for generating the dungeon. Um, this was really successful, incredibly successful on, on Kickstarter a while back, apparently. I think it was like $5 million is what they ended up making with 30,000 plus backers. So it's not like this thing is not successful. It's just, more than anything else, it's interesting to me. So that's why it was it ended mm-hmm. up in my uh, my rapid fire. But uh, it was the most successful Mythic Games uh, Kickstarter campaign. And it, it looks pretty cool. It's one of those where I'm not, um, I'm not necessarily espousing it vehemently, uh, but it's one of those, if you like the game, it might be something that's right up your alley. So I figured I'd make, let the, 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 uh, the sphere know that it was out there in case you were interested. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the other the thing, trailer's cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. The other thing for this one, uh, and uh, uh, it, that I would note is that Darkest Dungeon, the board game, will not be in your retail store. It, it was a Correct. Kickstarter exclusive that's now on GameFound for its pledge manager, and you can go access it there. But if you're saying, no, "I'll wait for retail," you will not see it. Yep. Yep. Sweet. All right, Troy, round us out with a couple more. All right. Here's another one. Um, I've I've backed this uh, this creator stuff before. I don't know that I talked about him. Uh, Diego Pisa's Artworks is mm. the company. This one uh, is cute deadlies. Just mm. r- interesting little monsters that uh, he's he's come up with and neat little works of art to go with it and uh, stats and and backgrounds. Um, to kind of sucker your sucker your players in and go, oh look how cute, and then you know bites your fingers off. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, and it's already funded. He, uh, Diego, the way the way he seems to do things, it's it's just uh, a very low goal, but he always does you know between like five and five hundred and a thousand dollars on on these things, mm-hmm. um, and one hundred twelve dollar goal. They're at seven hundred eighty eight out of Italy. You know. Italy has been putting out a lot of really cool and interesting things. So uh, I'm all about, you know, supporting supporting that. I want to see more stuff. So, awesome. uh, yeah, check it out. Nine days to go as of this recording. And so these, let me ask you this. Is this system agnostic or are these, and these are just kind of like, like flavor bits or do they have a, a particular system that it follows? Uh, 5e, but you can... Uh, I mean, you can take what he has put into it and strip the strip the uh, the numbers out and use it for whatever system you want. Mm-hmm. If, mm-hmm. if you want to do that, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Diego Pisa Artworks. Check that out. Oh, uh, cool. Cute deadlies, and last but not least, and this this is kind of like the one that I'm kind of of the rapid fires that I'm really kind of excited about, mm-hmm. and it's called Old School Armory. And basically, what it is, is just a bunch of starter equipment kits. And it's OSR, but I'm sure you can tweak it for 5 oh, e or yeah. whatever system you want. And they'll take, like, the, for the cleric, you know, what, what mm-hmm. would start the starting equipment of a cleric. But what kind of cleric? Are you a, a, a battle cleric? Are you more like a you know a, a preacher type cleric 
a, a parish priest, pious pilgrim, fighting father, martial minstrel, battle bishop. What you know? What do you see your <laughs> What do you see your character as? There you go. This bang, is a cool zoom, book. Done. I'm about to say yeah. somebody loves the alliteration here. Yeah. Yeah. You're 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 done. You don't have to sit there and pour over the equipment lists in the DMG or whatever other or player's handbook or whatever else you're you're looking through. It's all right there. You're done, and it gives you some unique items that aren't in your Dungeoneers pack, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I don't know. I just I I love the idea of it. it PDF copy five bucks. Um, and it should be out in a, in a few weeks, if not by uh, by February. If you mm-hmm. want print and PDF, ten bucks. So it's a cool book. Yeah, they should yeah. they should get they should get a good amount of money because I think it's a great idea. Yeah, it's got twenty four days left to go. As of this recording, they they were only asking for a hundred bucks, and they're already over a thousand. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to snag snag onto this thing because I just love the idea of it. Absolutely. All right. That was our rapid-fire honorable mentions. Let's dive into those projects that made the cut and are part of our full lineup. Um, we got a good... Like, this is where we get into some... We're going to get into these, I think. Uh, let's kick off with my favorite project of this. Well, okay. There's another one later on that's also pretty exciting. But uh, the one that I have backed and am most excited about this week is Bone Heart... Crusaders. Uh, Crusade into the Valley of the Unfortunate Undead, a Merkborg Adventure by Christian Eichhorn. Now, oh. you get, we know who Christian Eichhorn is, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Eichhorn um, did uh, uh, the Eberron 1099 adventures that are on the DM's Guild that are awesome. Um, and he has hopped over into uh, the Kickstarter space. And uh, this is his sixth one over there. He does. Um, I, I wish he wouldn't, just because um, because I would like to give him more money instead of drive through. But all of his books on Kickstarter go through drive through RPG print on demand. Um, so keep that in mind if you're backing. But he's done now six Morkborg products on Kickstarter. I own one of them, which is the Temple of the Kraken God, which is awesome. Boneheart Crusaders is the next one. Um, it is weird, um, and that's that's why you should back Christian stuff because he does a good job of making stuff. Isn't weird. that kind of isn't that kind of uh, not in the realm of like Morkborg? Yeah, like, weird like that. <laughs> it's a perfect. Here's the, here's what I love most about this one. Uh, he has taken the presentation of Merkborg as this fantasy setting, right? Dark metal fantasy. And he's added World War One mm-hmm. aesthetics, and I'm like, that is cool. I don't know. I just I'm I'm all about it. Um, and also, he's picked picked a really fun location. Um, the Valley of the Unfortunate Undead is <laughs> is a place that no one should be going in the Mark Bork setting. And basically, the pitch is that it's a hopeless place, it's a dismal place, it's that people only go to die. And that's why you've been sent there, because your kingdom is running out of food. And so what better thing to do than to round up a whole bunch of the citizens and send them on a pointless crusade into the Valley of the Unfortunate Undead. Um, so it's very abysmal. That's where, you, that's where you're going to solve it. very dismal. Right that's there. Right. right there. I want to know what a soul of it does. That yeah. just that, yeah. I'm a little uh, disappointed. They don't bake cookies. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little disappointed about the no cookie thing, but you know. I'm thanks, gonna be. Thanks, yeah. thanks, I'll, Andrew. I'm, I'm thanks. interested to find out a little bit more about this this map and this location. I want to know more about the the intestines. That's that's yeah. the that's the location is the intestines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's also a hex crawl. Um, and he talks about, I think I've seen this in a previous product, but he has this thing where part of the book you cut out and you, you build out a map with the, with the cutout hexes. So, um, this is one that I'm absolutely backing. I think it's a great pitch. I think Christian does a really, really good job of, he did it with Eberron. He's doing it here, taking a thing 
and putting a great twist on it that makes mm-hmm. his product stand out. Um, I, I I have no doubt that you should back this and that you will be happy with your purchase. Seventeen dollars. Now keep in mind that's the print that gives you the codes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's it's ten dollars or twelve. Sorry, twelve ten euros, twelve dollars. For the PDF code and a print-on-demand code, which means you're probably going to end up paying another seven bucks on the back end, so it'd be a twenty-dollar book by the time it's all said and done. Um, but that's not too awful for a zine. Um, I went ahead and sprung a little bit more money. Uh, he has a tier that there's still a few left in for seventeen bucks, where not only do you get the PDF code and the print-on-demand code, but you also get to insert an NPC name into oh, a Lord. table. And I'm like, for five bucks. That'll be fun because I like I like Christian stuff and I want to give him some extra appreciation. I can't I can't wait to find out what what the name you're gonna stick in there is going to be. I know, right? It's gonna be great. Uh, the, the aesthetic, he, I, like I'm always, it's I love how some of these these creators are able to capture the original aesthetic of some of these mm-hmm. other products that are out there mm-hmm. because Morkborg is so punk and it's so unique by comparison to what else is out there right now that I guess that makes it, maybe that makes it a little bit easier to, uh, to, uh, to mimic lots of mm-hmm. bright yellows and blacks and whites and things like that too. And lots of mm-hmm. any, like a, a thousand different fonts, that kind of thing. But this is one of those where this is going to sit on your shelf right next to your Morkbork book, book, your core right book. And, yeah. and it's, it's going to be like, this is where it was supposed to be. Right. That's, yeah. that's a good thing. Right. A lot of the time, there is a like an aesthetic difference between or like a, a con the content doesn't mesh with the the originating system, and so it just feels a little bit off. But this mm-hmm. there's a really good flow right into it that uh, that I love, yeah. and I, I'm with you, Zach. I love the the World War One. This reminds me of like um, uh, like the uh, what is it mm-hmm. Wizards, I think maybe reminds me of Wizards the the mm-hmm. old cartoon Wizards where oh, uh, okay. uh, yeah. So what they were using, like World War One and World War Two gas masks, the villains were mm-hmm. using. So it's cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Uh, so that'll that'll do. Boneheart Crusaders. Troy, you got one here. Well, just just to make sure everybody knows, uh, as of this recording, it, the three days left for yes. Bone Boneheart Crusaders. So those yep. make it happen. Yeah, those on the stream make it happen. Um, and I'll try to get this out as soon as I can. Ooh. Ah. Oh, nice. Girk just watched Wizards for the first time yesterday. That's awesome. That's a great movie. It <laughs> is a great movie. Okay. Uh, for me, uh, Black Box RPG Map Maker. Uh, this is one of those... Uh, I don't know that you'd be able to use it in a VTT. I don't know. It would be really cool if you could. But you can... Uh, it's, it's a neat way to make maps digitally. You're just drawing shapes in the grid that they, that they give you. It populates walls you put what you want in there you know beds fireplaces things like that they're animated there's special effects involved you can you can then take the map and move it so that you're seeing it isometric and not just top down or you can put yourself right in the whole thing as you're walking down the hallway and the the fire spurts are blasting out at you and things like that uh it just looks really really good um, it's a neat idea, I think, when, uh, I think this is something that sets, would set in John's wheelhouse really, really nicely, because especially mm. in one of the little video clips that you see when they're going in to, like, the grand dining room area, about halfway down the page, um, mm. I can see right there, yes, 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 uh, I can see... You 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 throwing this up on the screen, and John is describing everything that uh, they can't see, like the sounds and the smells and and all the stuff. And, and mm. as you as you're flying in, the the room opens out, and it really kind of gives the grand feel uh, of the room and things like that. I I kind of I really really hope this is kind of like the future. Of virtual tabletops, um, mm-hmm. we kind of had a discussion earlier today about some virtual tabletop stuff, and 
I'm kind of on the side that I really don't want a whole lot of bells and whistles in my virtual tabletop unless it's going to be like this. Mm. I mean, mm. if, if if you can build out a map, a, a 3D map like this, where it's almost like a virtual walkthrough, that mm-hmm. would be something. Now, that would really be... That's immersion. That's really putting your people into it. And mm-hmm. if you could make it so that you could put some miniatures in there and move around, that would be really cool too. You could put this on a TV, you know, and you lay it on your table. Uh, they say you could print the maps out and just use them as normal battle maps, things like that. But uh, I don't know. I just find this really interesting. Something to something to check out. Yeah, it's gonna have a hard time getting to its funding goal without a big jump in the next forty-eight hours. So yeah, if this is something you yeah. want to do, you need to climb on board quick. In a, in, in, a, in the next forty-eight hours. Well, I'm just saying, like, it, it needs to it needs to hit get some legs under it oh, fast, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, it, or it won't. I see. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's got twenty-six it, days to go, but yeah. it's all it's only made you know a fifth of what it needs. Right. 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 Uh, I think the only like I, I love this too. Um, I think the only thing that's ever daunting about something like this for myself is if I went with the cinematic, you know, in the room VR feel that mm-hmm. I, if I had to build that myself, not to build it, right. They're probably going to be, I would assume it would be very similar to like a tool set, like Neverwinter mm-hmm. Nights where you can, the old Neverwinter Nights one and two, where you can just kind of like plug things in and they've got a, probably a, a table or a yeah. menu full of bits mm-hmm. and bobs that you can dress things out with. Oh my God. But for me, I, I'm such a perfectionist that I would probably make myself miserable with the amount of time that I would spend on this. I would love it. <laughs> don't get me wrong, but I don't, think, I don't think it would ever actually get to the game because I would be constantly adding this, then tweaking that and doing this, that, mm. and the other. If they, I mean, I can, what I could can see though, is if they create dungeons and adventures that you can put your char- move your characters through or your players through, and it's just like it's plug and play. You just all you got to mm-hmm. do is read the adventure and then start clicking the buttons, right? And yeah. then yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it would be also nice. They've got like an integration between mobile PC and VR. Uh, if the mobile version allows for players to look in the same thing, and if you were able to kind of control where they could look at at each time, like you click mm-hmm. a button on your or like on the the mobile or your iPad or whatever, and it gives them access to look around in there if they want to. I could see that that'd be pretty pretty helpful, but the controlling like I noticed the more and more that I'm sitting at the table physically, and I'm having to manage, like looking at my players, rolling dice, trying to describe things using my hands, and I'm trying to mess with something that's on my laptop at the same time. That's tough in person, mm-hmm. uh, but I could definitely see this as a, like a VR or like a, like a, a virtual tabletop augmenter mm-hmm. or uh, alternative. Sure. Yeah. Yep. How yep. how cool would it be if you had something like this going on and everybody had you know their phones like you were saying and they're holding them up and the person says the player says I'm looking for traps I'm going to check for traps and they hold their phone up and they're starting to scan around the room mm-hmm. and it's like okay make a roll and whatever you know if they if they succeed since so you're controlling it you can kind of click some buttons. And on their phone, it pops up that they see the outline of the door or something like that. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty. I mean, that's a lot of <laughs> advanced tech that I usually don't want to deal with in in the games. But I think for special things, I think it would be a lot of fun to mm. do something like that, like an like an augmented reality. Hmm. Hmm. Cool. All right, uh, John. Run us over to GameFound again. Yep, you got it. So this one is currently in preview. Uh, this is not actually live, and that is Gatefall Monsters. So I'm a I'm a classic Monsters fan. I love um, the old uh, black and white era mm-hmm. uh, films. The you know Frankenstein's monster, Dracula, the creature for the Black Lagoon. Uh, Dracula, etc. I love those. I love that mythology. I, I love that area. Just it, it gets me. It gets me going. So what they've done is uh, much like with where much of Game Found is tabletop board game based and not necessarily RPG. So this one is actually a uh, a board game. 
There's not a ton about it that's out right now since it's in preview. It's just kind of whet your appetite. What we know about it is that the board game is all about uh, about those classic those classic monsters, right? It's a 60 minute play time, two to two to four players. Um, they've got it's a gatefall game system for use with the gatefall game system, which I don't know a ton about honestly, um, but just the aesthetic is is kind of the thing, first thing that grabbed me. Um, there is because again they don't have a ton right you've got different characters that it looks like that you could play uh tokens in order to track probably hit points or damage and things like that but eventually it pits you against the those classic movie monsters and that is cool i love that black and white era monster it's something that they haven't kind of been able to recapture uh recently you know you've seen like dracula reborn and Tom Cruise's mummy movie and all that good stuff, which those were like, okay, I guess, but it's not the same. It just doesn't capture the same for no, me, at least all. doesn't capture the same spirit of it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just something more than, more than anything else to keep a, an eye out for whenever this actually goes live. Uh, I'm going to dig into this uh, quite a bit more to see exactly what it is and, and what it's all about. There's just not a ton to go off of uh, at this point, but uh, I, it piqued my interest. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to keep my ear to the ground with it. It says going live hopefully by the end of the year, mm-hmm. um, and if you if you follow now, you get a free monster, which is the Invisible Man. Yeah, I love that. you get yeah. the free you get the mini. They get yeah. they're going to yeah. give you the a free mini. Yeah, of yeah. The, and they have a does, they have an image for you to check do. out. Yep, they've got an so, example of it. It's right next to the creature yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean, yep. that, that that's quality. That's yeah. quality. Yep, uh, quality you can count on. Um, the they do say though in the comment section that as much as it is a joke because there isn't a mini, uh, or at least they haven't confirmed a mini, um, it will have a player board and everything, and it is a playable character, even if it doesn't have a mini. Right. So there is a there is a it's not just a joke. Yeah, yeah. That's probably what it's going to be. It probably is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's cool. I love. Good call, John. I'm I'm interested, but and and if you go read their comment section, I think they have one of the best like teams responding to comments on GameFound mm-hmm. out there, or in, in just in general, they're they're doing a good job of uh, sparking interest. So, yep. All right, let's talk about the elephant in the room for this week, um, and that is Cyborg, the cyberpunk official cyberpunk version of Merkborg. Um, yeah, nano-infested doomsday RPG about cybernetic misfits and punks raging against the relentless corporate hell. Um, oh my gosh! You know what um, I call that? You know what I call that? What do you Tuesday. call that? I call it Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> Tuesday. <laughs> um, it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to say about this that you aren't expecting. If you like Mark Borg, if you think it's weird and crazy and bizarre. You're going to get that only cyberpunk. Um, I think the layouts that they're presenting here are awesome. Um, I think it's actually, in my opinion, a little bit of a step up from what they did with Mer- Merkborg as a, as a book. Like, the presentation is something I love. It's got this crazy thing that I've never seen before, which is you can buy just the book or you can buy the book plus an asset pack, which is a Ziploc baggie that has a character sheet pad, uh, a poster size map of Psy, which is the city, and a location pad with high sights, hooks, and hazards. Um, it's just a weird, like, it looks like it's thrown together little bag, which is on brand, right? Um, That's great. It's crazy. Um, they, I mean, they... They've done all the little things that, that you would want them to do. Like, they've got animated GIFs as part of the Kickstarter. They've got crazy... They Like, what they've done, actually, um, is they figured out ways of putting different fonts and weird characters and things on in the text of uh, Kickstarter, which is a difficult feat. Um, so that's the whole thing is what you want it to be. Um, 376000 uh, so far, nine days to go, 5,000-plus backers. Um, here's what I will say, though. So let me let me put a caveat in all that excitement. The physical book right now is going to be $50. That is, uh, and it's $13 for the PDF. Um, 
here's the thing to think about. This is an A5 size book, so the same thing as Morkberg. Um, 160 pages. I think this book's going to be a whole heck of a lot cheaper if you wait for retail. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, now, it is coming from It's Sweden. coming from Sweden. It's 160 pages, which is bigger than Merkborg was. Um, but Merkborg right now you can get all day for 30 bucks. I don't know that it's worth paying, you know, I was going to see if I could get a, a quote on uh, – uh, shipping. Well, you're going to pay shipping afterwards on backer kit probably. Um, but my guess is you're going to pay another $12 for shipping. So you're going to pay 62 bucks. Um, here we go. USA, uh, 135, uh, Swedish dollars, which is basically 15 bucks. bucks. Yeah. 15 yeah. Bucks, yeah. So I just don't know that I just don't know that I could tell you right now that this game is, you should buy it for sixty four dollars. Yeah, That's... I mean it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Like, it's obvious that there's it. like they've put a, they've invested a lot in their art assets. Holy moly! And their their out their their layout. I mean, some of this yeah. these art assets are absolutely freaking gorgeous. So I mean, yeah. maybe there's you can you can excuse it as a result of that, but even still. That's that is steep. That's pretty steep. Yeah, yeah. It's just a hard, hard sell. Um, I mean, it's it's a gorgeous book. I will own it. It's just a hard sell to do it on Kickstarter. So, all right. Um, I'll leave it there with that one. Um, we've got a few more still to go though. Troy. Yeah. All right. I'm I'm really interested in this one. Uh, this is mm-hmm. the Dungeon Master's deck. Twenty four days to go. It's already funded. It's it's a deck of 50 cards separated out in a few different um, mini decks. But just through drawing a few cards out of the different mini decks and rolling on the little tables that's included on them, you can create an encounter, uh, a night's adventure, or an entire campaign if you really, really mm-hmm. wanted to. And it's all... Uh, it's mostly just like little prompts that you can mm. use and, and flesh them out as you go. Uh, when when your players and you know those those jerk players always do this to you. Not you go in, you, you go into the town and you know it's like well we want to go here and, and who's the shopkeeper? What's the NPC? I don't know. I didn't plan that far ahead. I didn't think you guys would want to go there. So now mm. I got to come up with one and I don't want to call him Bob the Seventeenth. You know, because everybody ends up being Bob or Bill or something like that. So, you know, you, you pull out this deck and you make a couple quick rolls or you just look down the line and boom, you've got you've got uh, world locations, character creations, uh, quests, enemies, dungeons, uh, magic items, curses, all kinds of stuff that you can that you can uh, use this these decks mm. for. So I, I just like I really, really like the idea. Ten dollars for the digital, digital form. Twenty-five dollars for the actual deck. Should mm-hmm. be uh, uh, being shipped out in February. Only in the United States, though. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, March of twenty twenty-two, anywhere in the world. So, you know, yeah. and that's for thirty-five dollars. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I dig the idea. This is from Roll the Dice Games. It's their first Kickstarter. Um, I don't know. I kind of kind of dig the. Uh, mm-hmm. I dig well, it's the a beautiful idea. design too. Like, it is. Like mm-hmm. I think that's half the selling point for me is that it's like it's a it's an idea that like yeah we all we all like tables and things like that. Um, there's a lot of them out there, but this one is so like. I'd love to have these cards at it, pull these cards out of the table because they look so nice. Like they do. I just want to interact with them, right? And, and I would, I would like to. I, I'm going to back this definitely. But I think you know, as a challenge to myself, I would like to just sit down and part of the session zero say, you know, mm-hmm. what you know, what kind of campaign do we want to play? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let's find out. Mm-hmm. And just generate the whole thing right then and there as people are making their characters 
you do the thing and you can start tying stuff in as you're drawing cards and making your dice rolls and just see what happens and not worry about buying the next yeah. hardcover adventure or, or, or whatever. Just kind of go with it. See what happens. Absolutely. I like I like tools like these personally. Yeah. It's it, Sometimes you get stuck in a rut uh, with creativity and it you don't have to even follow it to the letter. Like every like, it, they're just options. If nothing else, it's just something that you can use as a reference to. Like, here are the different kinds of threats that I can go to. I can think about. I don't. It does, I don't have to randomize every single one, but it gives me a list of of things that I can utilize for describing an NPC or uh, a background or some kind of a story hook or a treasure or item, a MacGuffin, so to speak. It's, it, if nothing else, just you having it in the back of your pocket mm-hmm. uh, whenever you're creating something. Again, you don't have to randomize it, but you can just go back and like, oh my God, I, I, I know I've done this, that, or the other like a thousand times. What, I mean, what other options do I really have? You know, being yeah. able to go to that is, uh, that's that's really valuable whenever you're, yeah. you you kind of get it, either get in a rut um, or you just want to try something different that you haven't really thought of in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, John, I'm glad you talked, you, you, you added this one to our list. Uh, talk to us about the next project from Rick, Rich Leskelflair. Leskelflair, yeah. Oh, yeah. So expedition from the mysterious peaks. Which that's a callback. Ex- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, expedition from the mysterious peaks. Yeah, this it is a uh, it is a, that is definitely a callback to an old D and D module, of like the uh, the barrier peaks, right? Um, this is a uh, an Esper Genesis um, adventure, right? Where the, and it's a little bit more than just an adventure. You know, you've got some additional, it's, uh, you can play it with standard 5th edition core rules and supplements, um, but you can also play it using Esper Genesis and the comprehensive sci-fi rules that are, that are incorporated in that. Uh, when you use both of those the rule sets, uh, you've got like a ton of different character options for playing in a sci-fi setting. Uh, so the this is an, an epic adventure from, uh, from start to finish. That's where the, the storyline spans a character's entire career. Um, we've got lots of different mm. gear and item and items and races that are unique to the campaign setting. But again, it's this is 5e in space, like mm-hmm. it, for yeah. for lack of a, in order to simplify it. So if you're if you're trying to scratch the itch of a, if you're tired of Western fantasy tropes and you know, or whatever, and if you want to look to the stars for your next adventure, then maybe this is the one that you're looking for. Personally, mm-hmm. I just uh, I, I'm a big as big a fan of sci-fi as I am a of fantasy and it's cool to see the mix of a red dragon bla- uh, blazing fire at people in, fi- mm-hmm. in power armor shooting laser mm-hmm. beams yeah. at a dragon that's cool right mm-hmm. um, so they've got in this you've got um, new character customizations and species backgrounds class options new spell casting ab- uh, abilities and the things called uh, and esper powers which are part of the esper genesis stuff uh, cybernetics starships vehicle options when I mean, you name it so that's the first mm. part of, or actually the first part of it is the actual adventure saga itself the second part are the, all the character options that get uh, tacked on here and then part three is the campaign setting itself so if mm. you get like the the realms of thalus and, and uh Everything that goes, and then there's like a, a galactic overview of the Aldor star system and the rim sector. So you got like a setting, a, a playground, and a sandbox that you can actually play out mm-hmm. of. So if you get tired of the adventure, finish the adventure, or if you want to veer, you know, zig whenever the adventure tells you to, to to zag, then this is you know this is exactly where you would go. Right here, here are all of your options. Here are the players, uh, and it kind of gives you additional um, uh, adventure seeds. So. Uh, there's some additional content that's going to come with it. So they're actually looking already at Fantasy Grounds and Roll20 and shared tabletop for your VTTs to get taken care of with that. Uh, so if you've got no table, no problem. Uh, the digital map assets and a bestiary companion are also available. So if you want, it's essentially like a, a uh, an expanded NPC and monsters kind of companion mm-hmm. that goes along with it, as, as well as digital maps that you can use in your VTT. Um yeah, there's 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 a ton there's a ton here. It's just like limitless options. They've got uh, some example examples that are out there in, from the core manual, the engineer, which is a, a new class. Um, and essentially, 
the 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 story is um, you're you're seeking to stop a cataclysmic magical threat. Um, that's one option. The other one is a team of intergalactic travelers that come across a general generations old distress beacon coming from the surface below. So it's like they give you multiple seeds that can be run in parallel or individually. So if you've got two different gaming groups and you want to do sci-fi for both, well, maybe they're kind of like ships that pass in the night at some one point or another and they crisscross, you know, as the two adventures are going on. So yeah, this is, I, this, there's a lot here. This is a, uh, this yeah. is a no joke. There's just a ton that, uh, that Rich has put into this and, and this is the presentation is phenomenal. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Rich, is, Rich does some great stuff. And uh, our friend Andrew there in chat says that uh, he helps playtest Genesis. Mm, Genesis is, if I'm not mistaken, if it's not the first sci-fi adaptation of the 5e rule set, it is definitely one of the very first mm-hmm. sci-fi adaptations of the. Definitely, like the, probably the most prominent that I'm yeah. aware of, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that one and pro- maybe maybe Dark Matter hmm. would be the hmm. two that I that I would think of right off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, Esper Genesis is really cool. And yes, uh, Rich is generally at uh, our uh, family reunion called Winter Fantasy every February. Mm-hmm. Um, running some Esper Genesis and stuff like that. So, mm. you know, plugging plugging the uh, the Mysterious Peaks and plugging Winter Fantasy. Maybe you can come out and uh, snag a game and see what... Uh, this is all about from the from the man himself. So yeah, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, uh, let me tell you something. Awesome. As a forever DM, I would happily jump on uh, into that table. Yes. Oh happily. yes, yeah. And so from a cool. like the bits and pieces of this thing, they're they're essentially what they're doing is they're providing you with kind of like a, a two pronged um, option here. You can either purchase. Uh, through the you can pledge for the, the adventure series hardcover which has all the extras or you could go with just esper genesis as the core rule book or both mm-hmm. um if you don't already have the esper genesis core rule book which you do need in order to play this you'll have to have that core rule book uh, in tow um and that that's where if you don't have esper genesis this thing is going to get it's pretty steep at that point because you're looking at 90 dollars in order to get both but it's two hardcover books for that is what you're getting. It's, if you're wanting to do five e uh, sci-fi, this is a good way to do it, and you're gonna yep. you're gonna have a an entry point no matter where you go at that point, right? Yeah, so. you literally have everything that you need. You don't just have the core rule book and then like, what do I do with it now? You've got the core rules and you've got multiple adventure uh, adventure um, paths and seeds that you can utilize in order to play and, to your heart's content. And quite honestly, you know, if if you're interested in using the five e rule set in a sci-fi capacity. Why don't you have Esper Genesis? Mm. Because I mean, it is super, super solid work. It, mm. it 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 takes that rule system and puts it into the sci-fi setting very, very nicely. So, mm. uh, Andrew is asking it, it here in chat if it comes with all the. Um, uh, VTT assets or or if it's just Expedition? I think that's a great question. Um, I don't think that it's very clear because there is a digital core bundle for that 45, but it doesn't say what it, if it comes with VTT. Um, so I would, I would I think that's a good question. It may be already asked in, um, in the comments. Um, uh, uh, so I would I would maybe just go diving in there. All right, um, let's move on. This one's actually from Andrew. I'm gonna. I stole. I stole something uh, that he had brought up in our Discord, and I'm really excited. I was instantly excited. This will be an instant back for me unless something weird happens. Um, so thanks for sharing. This is Old Gods of Appalachia, um, which is not a Kickstarter yet, but it's coming very soon. Um, early 2022, so we're giving you plenty of time. Old Gods of Appalachia is going to be from Monty Cook Games. Um, and uh, as Andrew pointed out, Old Gods of a- Appalachia is a podcast um, podcast story um, uh, that kind of mixes that sort of backwoods feel with Cthulhu mythos. Hmm. 
and I'm pretty much sold at that point. Um, I love this. Um, there's no indication on what system they're going to be using for it. My heavy suspicion is that it's not going to be 5e. Um, that's just that guessing, but I would be shocked. Um, I want to buy this because I want to run it. Mm-hmm. This and that's not always the case for Zach. Sometimes it's I want to buy this because it looks cool and I I want to read it and I want to I want to have it sitting on my shelf. Uh, yeah, Andrew's saying maybe Cipher is what it's going to be, which would make sense as a system. Um, but this is one that if I buy, I will be immediately on the hunt for us a, a crew to play it because uh, I think this is. I mean, John, you and I were we were all talking about it beforehand. Mm-hmm. Just, yeah, for me, um, this is uh, this is really cool. I, I already like Cthulhu uh, mythos, but for me, I've got a lot of my family came out of the, uh, they were coal miners in West Virginia, and so I've gone to the coal mines. And let me tell you something: a uh, a uh, a dead coal mine, one that is an inactive coal mine. When you get in there and you get deep, and there's like you don't know what dark is until yeah. you're in a coal mine. And it's absolutely, it's claustrophobic and it's terrifying being back there. Mm-hmm. Um, we went on a, uh, a like a tour of, a, of an inactive coal mine when I was probably 12 or 13 years old. And it was just mm-hmm. terrible. It's like every little thing, every noise, every drip, you could hear everything. Uh, all of your senses were heightened. And so that very lonely, very isolated, because that's one of the other things too, it's like, in, in Appalachia, it's you're super isolated from oh, yeah. not just like from technology, from people, from help, any outside help that you want. Good luck if a mountain passes, has caved in or whatever. There's no escape. That's part yeah. of this too. Is like there's nowhere to run. You can just hide and good luck, kind of thing. The the thing that I think is crazy about this is I remember like back when I was helping uh, Cam Day with his uh uh. uh supers and sorcery and then uh, 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 comets and cockpits projects we were talking about this because mm. we both believed and I still do that the next flavor of RPGs that are going to take take the community by storm is non Wild West American RPG okay. like Appalachian RPG like I I think it's I think that's the place to go right now. So uh, this is like, yep, Monty Cook's on the on the front end of that, and um, I'm I'm sold. So, <sighs> all right, I'm 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 excited way too early because if this Kickstarter launches, let's say in January, February, there's no way we are getting this book until halfway through next year, <laughs> three yeah. quarters of the way through next year at the earliest. Well, I'm going to tide myself over. I just. Uh subscribe to the podcast so yeah there you go right uh cool all right well we got two more things here to to round us out troy talk to this is another big one so go ahead yeah i i again this is one of those that uh, sounds pretty cool to me call to adventure epic origins there was a call to adventure a while back um on kickstarter this is the, the next thing this is a game within a game kind of a deal um you can use this standalone game to create the backstory of your D&D characters. As you're sitting there playing and they've got like little little uh, runic uh, chits that you collect and roll um, thing, little, little cards that uh, start creating like the, mm-hmm. the background, the ancestry, um, maybe the class, things like that. And, and as you play through what's going on, you start getting uh, like background points and things like that. And at the end of the game, you can convert what you have in front of you into a D&D 5th edition character sheet. Hmm. And that is your character going forward. Or you could just continue to keep playing this game and, and, and having fun. Uh, hmm. That, to me, is a really cool idea and kind of... Not, I'm, I'm assuming, because I, I didn't read the whole thing, I'm assuming that after you're done with this game, the character that you have generated is now a first-level adventurer going forward. And if that's the case, 
this game kind of speaks to me on how I think of characters in D&D. Because mm-hmm. even though you start at first level in a campaign or in an adventure or whatever, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a brand new snot-nosed adventurer fresh off the farm. Mm-hmm. It Because as long as you keep it in your head, this is just a construct of the rules. We have to start at first level in order to make the game last long enough and be cool enough and grand enough. Who knows? You know, your 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 person could have been doing a lot of different things before starting, and this is the kind of you know the way to play through that concept. And I mean, it it, mm-hmm. it looks awesome. The the deluxe edition looks like an old tome and has little insets for the cards and everything. It this thing is just. I want the whole thing. I want the one that came before it. I want this one. And unfortunately, that's 200 bucks. But, uh, you know, Christmas is right around the corner. So That's right. There you go. Awesome. Awesome. I'm glad you brought this one up. It looks cool. Uh, 11 days to go. Uh, and uh, 332000 So they're, they're going to be just fine. Um, all right. Last project here. John, uh... Another game found one. Go for it. Yeah, he, yeah he game definitely. found it all over the place. So uh, this is the other one that game found tricked me on. This is actually an inactive. It's no longer being funded, or it has already been it's, successfully funded. It's right? active. Let's be clear. It's it's live. It's just yes. past its fund station. So you're basically yes. effectively pre-ordering at this point. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. This is. It's interesting to me because I've. This is an alternate D twenty system is one of the things that I find really interesting about this. Uh, I dug into, they've got a uh, perilous preview where you can go through and take a look at the the basic mechanics of the game. There is a lot of administrative upkeep, I noticed in the core mechanic for this one, where it's not as, there are a lot of uh, pluses, like situational pluses and minuses, aspects of your character, uh, situations within combat, different channel uh, 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 challenges. But what it does do is it says there is a f- the difficulty, right? The DC, as we would refer to it in 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 five E, is if you want to succeed, it's ten, the end, you succeed. Uh, when you roll more than, but then there's like fifteen and up is uh, effectively like a critical success or um, a really good success, right? Mm-hmm. So there are different var- there are variant levels of success that are incorporated into it, but there's a lot of pluses and minuses that goes into it, a lot of calculation that you've got to do. It's pretty noodly to me. That's uh, mm-hmm. not necessarily necessarily a turnoff. It's just interesting to see how other people are using the D20 to accommodate their own system. Uh, the other thing that's really interesting about this one is it's fantasy role-playing. It's very D&D-like. Uh, you go into a dungeon, there are dwarves and what looks like, you know, paladins and tieflings all that good stuff too what's really interesting though is it's uh there's freeform character creation so there's no there are no classes right there are all these different aspects and and bits and pieces that you tack together to create a character as opposed to a template driven um uh, style, right? That you would see with like, uh, you, you would normally see that with Dungeons and Dragons. A paladin is like this. A paladin with this oath is like this, as opposed to hmm. you're just a character and here are your skills and traits and the things that make you you. Um, the other part of this that is kind of to like in parallel to tr- what Troy was talking about, it's, it's a, there's an option where it's GMless. You don't need a game master for it. Uh, mm-hmm. And they use uh, cards that ask different cre- questions and prompts and things like that. And then you do it. Col- it's the players collaborating, creating the story without someone else necessarily directing or leading the the uh, the story and the play. This, I, I just like. I don't. I have never played a GMless game yet. Um, that this is one of those like, are they going to automate me out of a job? Questions I have to ask myself. <laughs> Certainly not. Surely not. Right. Uh, this, but it is. I am. I, I want to play a game where that's that's so. Like, what is a what is a, a game masterless or a dungeon masterless game? What does it really feel like? Uh. Is it? It's not even probably not going to be. I'm, I'm assuming it's not going to be remotely the same thing necessarily. But um, 
it's not that I like I like it. I am fascinated by it from like a, say from an academic standpoint. What does an, a GMless game look like? So this is another one yeah. of those. So it's again, Perilous is not something that I'm like jumping up and down to play or to fund or or to pre-order or whatever. It's just um, this is more like a, a a study for me in what other people are doing out there. That is this D and D like. But it's not D and D. And you know what? The other part of this that's really cool is the game. This is a role-playing game on GameFound. That's good. More, yeah. more of those, please. You know that the not less of anything else, but more tabletop RPGs. And so this is the one of the things we've been looking for that I would, I'd like to see more of. So yeah. uh, I want to make sure that it, it got uh, it got a shout out if for nothing, no other reason for that. I've I've played a few different uh, GMless games. Um, I've enjoyed them. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty cool. Um, some some kind of you know allow for more role playing than others uh, amongst the the table, but uh, or you can just you know strip out the role playing altogether and just run and gun and mm-hmm. hack and slash and loot and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I, I find it very very cool. One thing that you that's kind of fun to do is as the cards come up, and I'm assuming it's the same in, in this game as well. As, as the cards come up, and like just give you a one or two line description of what's what you're encountering or mm-hmm. the situation or whatever, you pick somebody to table. You know, flesh mm-hmm. it out. Give us more. Mm-hmm. You're the you're the DM for this little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of one thing. of the one of the prompts, I guess, is what we'll call the cards that they've got here is what hidden danger here isn't what it appears to be. And then there are some adjectives slash there's some other descriptors that are in there also like slippery drowning waves. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so I guess you tell me, Troy, does that it sounds like to me, like the players are the ones that maybe it's this and maybe it's that. And you all yeah, collaborate yeah. to tell what it actually is. And then you react to it after you've kind of constructed it as a, as a group. I, mm-hmm. that to me, if it's not, uh, hopefully somebody makes a game that does that because mm-hmm. that sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could see that for sure. Like, you tell me if I'm if I'm wrong with it uh, in this, but it almost seems like this is what the DMs play together. When you get a, a room full of a bunch of DMs that sit down or GMs that sit down that love to create sto- create stories and they like to create that environment and setting creature and all that kind of stuff. This is the kind of thing that a GMless option like this or what, like you're kind of look you're interested in is that that seems to me like that'd be right it- up. That group's yeah. alley. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. one way to to look at it. Another way is you know, hey, we want to play, or you know, not everybody could show up tonight, but we still want to mm-hmm. play and do something. Well, I didn't have anything prepared. I, mm-hmm. I'm kind of in a brain fog, or you know, whatever might be going on. Hey, let's pull this out and and we'll all just play. Man, can mm-hmm. you imagine a product trademark pending that's called uh, GM Autopilot? Your GM can't make it. So what? that's like the worst thing that happens, right? The GM gets sick. Their kid gets, you know, has to get, you know, they have to take them to like some school event or something like that. So if you've got five people that usually sit at the table, four people are ready to rock and roll. The GM's not able to make it. Game over. Whereas with one mm. player out, maybe even two players, the GM can still make the game go. This is, I think that I could see an, an, a, a use or a need for... The players, like if the GM's not available, that the players can, that the show can still continue Mm -hmm. where you do something Mm -hmm. like this. Instead of one person having to pick up the GM mantle, it's like, all right, we're just going to go on autopilot. It's not going to be the same, but we can at least do this. And then we can go back to the GM and let them know here's where, where we, where we landed. Oh, no, that would be really interesting. The GM just steps out of the campaign for a session. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. And the, and the players like, well, screw him. We don't need him. We're just going to keep going. <laughs> and that would be really interesting to come back in. Or I wouldn't want to rely on their, you know, report afterward. I would be more like, you know what? I don't feel like running you chuckleheads tonight. I'm going to sit over here. Y'all do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to sit over here and take notes and see where it ends up. That would be fun. <laughs> Because yeah. you know they're going to say something, they're going to have a, a throwaway line, or someone's going to make a comment about some strange 
gemstone, you know, whatever. That's gonna. Oh, I'm gonna put that in my little yeah. DM pocket, and I'm gonna. That's gonna bite them in the butt in a couple sessions <laughs> down the road. Mm-hmm. I now have a new passion project. I think this needs to happen. There you go. Right on. <laughs> All right. Well, that was our list of Kickstarters and crowdfunders for the next couple weeks. Um, we've got more Kickstarter talk coming up for you uh, in the next couple days, though. The last episode before the long holiday weekend, uh, we're going to be chatting with some guys who uh, have done quite a few Kickstarters between the two of them. It's going to be a great episode. If you can manage to make it live for Tuesday night, I think you will not be disappointed. The other thing that I will steer you towards is our Discord server, which is becoming even more active uh, as the weeks go on. Um, We are having a resoundingly in-depth talk about Star Wars novels over there. Um, Obviously, Andrew dropped uh, uh, the uh, Appalachia RPG on us today. just just so much our movie talk is going good like there's just there's a lot of stuff there's a lot oh, of stuff and, if you just and i just i want to make sure this is this... troy has sold like seven copies of of know your role yeah know your role. <laughs> <laughs> no uh uh andrew god bless you for this uh apparently uh there's a company that's going to use uh, the Year Zero system and do a World War II RPG. I'm guessing it's going to be very much in the vein of like a Twilight 2000-esque type systems mm-hmm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, set in, and it's not like a weird World War or anything like that. It is a straight up World War mm-hmm. II. This speaks to me on so many different levels. My father was in World War II stories that I've heard, uh, you know, things that I've looked into, all that kind of stuff. When, when that was posted, I'm like, I have to have this game. I I want to run this game. It's going to Mm. be so much. It's just going to be awesome. And, uh, so yeah, definitely come on over to the, the discord server and cause you never know what's your, what you're going to come across. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, so I think with that, we're going to call it good for tonight. I want to thank uh, Mr. Chaos8, Andrew, Girk, uh, and uh, Bear Droid, and uh, everyone else yeah. know, for hopping in. Um, this was a good episode. I enjoyed chatting uh, these crowdfunders with you fellows. I'm really looking forward to Tuesday. Um, I think there's about a 50-50 shot. We do or don't do an episode next Sunday with it being the holiday weekend, mm-hmm. but we'll try to let people know before it gets uh, too close to time. And if and if we don't do one, maybe one or two of us, or maybe all three of us, or who knows what, come might, hang out. Might do one, mm-hmm. do a little hang out with y'all. There you go, and, uh, yeah. and talk about whatever comes to mind. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll all right. It. Well, with that. Uh, thank you so much for hanging out. I encourage you to go head over. If you're listening to this on a podcast, give us a like, give us a review, give us a rating, share it with your friends. We'd love that very much. And until next week, see you next time. Have a great game, everybody. Everybody stay, stay safe out there. He says, at one point he said, there's a, there's a lady that's basically the Galadriel kind of sort of stand-in. Is like, history will become legend and legend will become myth. And I was like, shut your mouth. Like, That's <laughs> 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 what Zach said that before. I'm like, you, shut ma'am, are no Galadriel. Yeah. So-